welcome to Creative Block. We're your hosts, V and Megan. We interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had, and Instagram, because we're on Instagram now. Don't forget. Yay. Uh, <laughs> if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. Uh, today with us, we have uh, <laughs> Bill and Bob. Ask the guest. Oh, oh my God, I always do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you know we're for real, and we're doing yeah. this intro live every time. <laughs> Bill and Bob, hi! Hello! Hello. Hi Thanks for having us. Excited thank, to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. This is so exciting. There's so many people who want to ask you so many questions. and Bring them gonna, on. <laughs> yes! And we're going to get to them. But um, before, I do kind of want to like talk a little bit about like uh your you guys' career your journey how you met and all these fun things um sure uh but i want to start first with like it's a little bit broad but i think uh that'll kind of get us right into the subject with the question which is kind of like when did you realize you you were going to write for animation like that was going to be your path Mm -hmm. (laughs) good question <laughs> I I think at least for me it it was kind of stumbling into it and also totally what I was born to do all at the same time like I don't know like it, 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 as an animation writer you, you run into people in you know dinner parties or whatever not that I go to dinner parties but whatever <laughs> um you know you run into people and they're like oh animation so you draw and you're like no I don't, I don't draw I, I mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And nobody ever considers that that there's a writing. That said, I grew up watching Warner Brothers and MGM cartoons Saturday mornings and every day after school. I was obsessed with cartoons. Uh, Bill and I first met. Um, Bill was being chased by a brontosaurus and I saved him. <laughs> Bill and I first met in 1990 at a summer production workshop at USC to make a live action short film. And... Again, I don't think we realized it at the time, but what we made was a live-action cartoon. It was the cartooniest, um, you know, movie you could make in, you know, with two kids in a black-and-white non-sync film camera. Mm-hmm. And so, like, animation, I think, was there, and uh, we, we kind of found our way uh, a year after that to uh, Walt Disney Television Animation and um, Dark White Duck. Mm-hmm. We heard through some, uh, heard through the grapevine that uh, they were looking for, <laughs> they were looking for premises, really, really, they had a dire need for them. Mm-hmm. And so we, we threw our hat into the ring there and one thing led to another and, you know, that was 10 years of uh, our first stint at, at Disney Television Animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This That's is our awesome. third, this is our third go around. Yeah, our third, yeah. third time back at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, you've started together in the uh-huh. industry mm-hmm. yeah yeah we've been working together is it 32 i can't do the math wow. it was 30 i guess it no is. it'll be 33 years this summer if you count that summer in 1990 was, sure yep yeah so, i was a i was still a junior in college or i was going into my senior year and bill was working in colorado as a cameraman yeah mm-hmm. so i started off as a cameraman and an editor 
Um, oh, wow. And yeah, <laughs> and it was also strange because I was married and suddenly was back in like a dorm situation again. And it was one of the mm-hmm. most surreal experiences of my life. Of like, yeah. I had this life where I'm married and I have a home mm-hmm. and it's, and now I'm in, you know, rooming up with this, you know, guy. It's weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but I had also, uh, I had done claymation both in high school and in college. So that was because mm-hmm. as my, you know, sketch here proves I can't draw. Uh, at all but i was i was fascinated with live action i mean uh, with claymation animation and uh so i i wasn't a cinema or television major but i should have been because i spent all my time in college making films so my gpa was horrendous but um you know so instead of doing the studies i should have been doing i was you know animating claymation for 18 hours straight you know at the, <laughs> what at was your major my major were... my major was christian education i was going to be a pastor oh wow um, and animation i mean uh filmmaking was always this hobby but i never thought it was sort of like a real job <laughs> you know if that makes any sense but uh what if but i've been making little short films since second grade and mm-hmm. a couple of my buddies I grew up with, they were the ones who, they went to film school, they ended up working at Disney, they were the ones who mm-hmm. opened up the opportunity for us to be able to pitch uh, to Oh, Disney. wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, your second grade friends can really come in handy. <laughs> keep, them, keep them close. <laughs> don't, don't toss them out. Um, when you guys, like, first started working together, did you kind of know, you were like, wow, this is it, this is going to be my creative partner? for the next 30 years. No, I don't think so, because I'm not sure we had figured out... I don't out... think we thought we'd have a career that'd go this long. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that... I mean, we had a blast working together, but then, you know, right. Bob mm-hmm. went off to finish college, and I mm-hmm. went to, back to Colorado, and... Mm-hmm. So it wasn't... I don't know. I, I just, I'm not sure what we thought was going to come from that experience other than, you know, a good friendship. Um, right. mm-hmm. And that even when Bob moved from New York to LA, he stopped over and stayed with us, what, like a couple yeah. nights or something? A couple nights, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we had a blast, but it was that funny thing of when, you know, Jim said, hey, there's this opportunity on Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and mistake. We said, What's a Darkwing Duck? <laughs> <laughs> And the show uh, had not premiered yet. It was like mm-hmm. just about to premiere. Yeah. So they sort of you know explained it and all that good stuff and it and was we... a wild time in animation. Like oh yeah. The 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 old system of doing things was mm-hmm. you would do sixty five twenty two minute episodes in, in a row. One just year. Bam. Yeah. No. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> That's so different so, from today. Uh, yeah. There would be gaggles of writers just banging out scripts some that related to the others and some that were like these fever dreams off in their own little world mm-hmm. and you know multiple teams of board artists and directors and then like one showrunner desperately just trying to <laughs> you know some sort of continuity make, yeah some sort of continuity <laughs> to it all um and so then those so that what would happen is, I, I, like, when we originally got hired, we were two of 48 writers on staff at TVA. Whoa! And, okay. um, That's crazy. Just for, 
just for Darkwing Duck? No, no, no. It was for oh, all, all the but, shows. All shows. But, but okay. like, you're talking maybe. like two or three other shows. Like, yeah, That's I can't crazy. remember. There was so, like 15 writers on every show. Per show. And wow. then and then what would happen is that they would sort of write their whole, you know, slate of the 65, and then they'd get moved mm-hmm. to the next thing. So what happened mm-hmm. with us was uh, the, all of the Darkwing Duck crew had been moved on to what, I guess, Bonkers? Was that it? Yeah, I think it was. And so we, uh, but ABC. And then the network. Which ABC. was ABC, which Disney didn't own mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they were Darkwing airing, Ducks. Yeah, it's performing well. Yeah. It's they want more. And suddenly they're like, "Well, we don't have anybody to do them. to write it because they've all been moved to another thing." So that's how we got in. We yeah. got in because ABC wanted to see more Darkwing Duck. God oh, bless and... ABC. <laughs> that's awesome. Did you guys have like? Did you guys have like a spec or like any kind of like a little bit of hype of like for yeah, Bill? Bill no, Bill's laughing because he knows what story I'm going to tell. Uh-oh. I'm a big old nerd. I'm a big big nerd. I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. Um, and I had written a Star Trek: The Next Generation again, just to let you know how flippin' old we are. That show was still in production at the time. It wasn't crazy to be writing a Star Trek for the next generation. So, and I had written, by the way, a cheer spec. So again, Bill Bill wrote a a very good, a very good cheer spec. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was working on a comedy at the time, but I did not have one ready to go. So, um, because you know, I knew Bill and I knew Bill's friends. Bill's childhood best friend was, did you say this, Bill? Was the star of our little live action. I don't think we connected those dots. So yes, yeah, Jim yeah. was the <laughs> Bill's friend, childhood friend. Jim was the star of the movie we made at USC. Right. Okay. Um, so and he was he was a writer at Disney. So mm-hmm. he when mm-hmm. I moved out, I you know, quickly contacted him. Said, "Hey, let's hang out." And he said, "Oh, they're looking for." Or no, he introduced me to one of the executives at Disney. He's like, "You should meet these people." Mm-hmm. Um. And, and there's always front door, back door. You right, guys all right. know this. So, the, so this was the front door. This was this was the executive who was in charge of inhaling all the spec scripts and mm-hmm. telling you you can or cannot write here, right? Mm-hmm. So she said, do you have a script? And I was like, well, I've got a Star Trek The Next Generation, but it's not funny. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I want to read it anyway. I was like, okay, but just understand, it's not funny. I'm working on a funny one. Mm-hmm. There's moments of comedy in this episode. But, you know, it's Captain Picard going, Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, number one, the buffoon. You know that's that's what passed for a joke in in that episode. So, uh, so I gave it to her, and then uh, that that thing about ABC wanting more Darkwing Ducks happened, mm-hmm. like literally the next day. And the story editor of that uh, show, Doug Langdale, um, we got in touch with him, and he's like, can you guys come up with some Darkwing Duck premises? And we're like, absolutely. First, we're going to have to figure out what is a premise and what is a Darkwing Duck. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we, we're there. Um, and we pitched, I think we pitched 15. Different, not yeah, 15. all at once, though. I and mean, by the way, yeah. pro tip, don't ever pitch more than five yeah. of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We pitched three if, batches of five. Yeah, if you're not hitting five, you're not, you're not going to hit it in 20. So, so I, just... <laughs> Just to figure it, get the notes to figure out what you're not hitting, and then so try, try with that again. first before that first batch, we're like because we're you know we're little rule followers, we're like mm-hmm. 
but uh, we haven't been approved to write. That executive has my Star Trek script, but she hasn't said it's okay. And he said, I don't care about that. Just give me the ideas. So we started pitching ideas and pitching ideas. Finally, one gets through. They're like, we like this one. We're sending it to ABC with three other premises, two written by Tad Stones, the creator of Darkwing Duck, yeah. and one written by Doug Langdale, and, and, the and story editor. interject one thing here? Uh, mm-hmm. Because we were so newbies, mm-hmm. uh, all we knew was that they we, they said, we're going to submit your your premise to the network. And Bob and I are like, yay! Like, that, <laughs> like that's what it takes, you know? And so I hop on a, a flight from Denver to L.A., you know, going to hang out with Bob to write this episode, uh-huh. only to discover, oh, no, they just submitted it. That's yeah. a, they didn't pick it. <laughs> and you're up and against... By the way- yeah, the two two from Doug and one from Tad and yeah. And by the way, like this is again 1991. I'm sitting in my little studio apartment in uh, Studio City in, in Studio City, <laughs> and I've bought one of these newfangled modems, which will transmit one page of text to Bill in about 15 <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, wow, this is high tech craziness. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, because at the time, like you know, yeah. e- like emails were. Like that wasn't really. A there, neither of us had email at the time. It was, okay, yeah. So did we? Gosh, no, 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 I no. Because no. I would call you up and say, <laughs> "I'm about to transmit to you right. the script," and then we uh-huh. disable call waiting and put the phone on the modem. <laughs> it was so crazy. But anyway, and so, but so I, w- I remember being there, finding out that we are one of four premises submitted to the network for one slot. Up against you know the three you know whatever two from Doug and one from Tad or whatever it was and thinking how am I going to explain to my wife that I just paid for a plane ticket for nothing <laughs> so I decided you know what let's just see how this plays out I'll tell her once we know and these drawings are fantastic by the way guys sorry sorry completely off topic alright so so. We get the word. ABC hated the other three premises, loved our premise. They want to move forward with that one. Like, oh, fantastic. So, and, By the way, that was Halloween 1991. Uh, mm-hmm. So we always oh know God. exactly how long we've been professionals in this game. <laughs> um, That's so cool. So we're all so, so we're excited. We're going to celebrate. We're, excited. We're, gonna... We're, we're, we're just like trying to decide, do we start writing today? It's Halloween. Should we just start on November 1st? Or do we go out and party right now? And the phone rings, and it's that executive I gave my Star Trek script to. And she read it, and she said, it's a very good script, mm-hmm. but it's not funny. I'm sorry, I can't recommend it. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, well, Doug Langdale just got our premise through on Darkwing Duck, so we're starting that tomorrow morning. She's like, oh, okay, good luck to you. Bye. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess the whole point is, and I've told this story in front of current Disney execs, and I get very annoyed, but. There's the front door and the back door, and yeah. you should go through the front door, of course. But if you can find the back door, go through the back door. Yeah, like, do that mm-hmm. too. Well, make connections with people working on the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, go back, go back in time to second grade. Befriend yeah, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, everybody, you were a jerk in second grade. Reconsider. <laughs> that's awesome, though. So, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it was a kind of a one and done thing, um, you know. So we finish writing the script, and you know, I go back to Denver, and okay, back to video 
editing and shooting and <clears throat> then abc killed a couple a few more so or they right or they extended the order right, or something i don't remember exactly how it anyway happened, suddenly it, they needed more so they, they needed a lot more suddenly and we got hired on staff starting this well it was like january 1992 we started yeah. on staff and mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it was very... sailing ever since. And one of the things too that was kind of funny was a part of I think that affected our how we work together was when you know there wasn't such a thing really as a laptop. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. laptops were like a huge piece yeah. of luggage at the yeah. time. So I <laughs> I had a, uh, a a Macintosh SE twenty megabytes, part, you know, which was like pretty robust right at the time. And, uh, and Bob had, I think, the equivalent. Mm -hmm. But so when I flew out to L.A., there was just one computer. And so Bob would, it was the outline or whatever, Bob would write a scene in prose on, of the of the story. And I would read, I think I was reading, what, Flash Gordon comic strips, right? Yeah. Or something, yeah. because... Uh, that was something you loved and I didn't know yet. So to increase our sort of creative vocabulary with each other. And also they're just fun. Mm -hmm. And I got to stop you for one sec. Have you ever read the original Alex Gordon flash Go or excuse me, Alex Raymond flash Gordon scripts? First off, they are the most beautiful artwork you'll ever see. He was a genius, but also <laughs> if you read, they're meant to be read every Sunday, right? Like you read it. Here's flash. Oh no, he's being attacked by a dragon. How's he going to get out of this? Oh, here's how he gets out of this. And then they leave you on a cliffhanger. Oh, no. Flash has been surrounded by Ming the Merciless's evil henchman. What's he going to do? And then next week he'd come back and see how he got away from the henchman. But he was attacked by ice. They're great, I'm sure, if you read them separated by six days. But if you mm -hmm. read them all at once, you're like, when did these people go to the bathroom? Or it's <laughs> just or sleep. long stream of consciousness where they're attacked constantly for like three years straight and then they like then they had a nice rest <laughs> yeah so anyway what would happen is bob would write his pass at the scene and then i would rewrite that scene and then i would write my pass at the next scene and then he would rewrite my scene and then do his scene and we would kind of stagger like that and that that sort of i don't know i guess that sort of built a sense of our rhythm a little collaboration. bit and our collaboration and we kind of learned to sort of trust each other's editing and input mm -hmm. um and it was also very pragmatic because we just had the one computer <laughs> and, and i think we at disney for a while we only had the one yeah computer. when we started at disney they only had one computer for us wow. really that's so funny <laughs> yeah. because because yeah. you came in as a pair so they were just yeah. like yeah. oh it's they're they're one person <laughs> It took them like two months, I think, to, to get, get another one. second computer. And they were Sperry 8088s, and they yeah. were those green screen C colon prompt kind of, you know, things. How did I we mean, ever write uh, them? It was, yeah, it was I crazy. do recall like doing spell checks on them took like an hour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's why we had a dartboard. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's not unlike, I guess, part of the reason there's like pool tables and, you know, all this sort of gaming stuff and sort mm -hmm. of the in the video game industry and, and computer tech industry, is it just, that's what you would do when you had to render files uh, that took yeah. forever. Mm -hmm. So we had a dartboard because when we ran spell check, it yeah. took forever. So <laughs> is it the we computer's grinding? Play darts and then be like, oh, it beeped. 
Let's see. Let's see. Aladdin, no, no, Darkwing Aladdin. is a word. Yes. 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 We should let it tell yeah. Darkwing. Yeah. 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 Aladdin is spelled right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Brian, oh, that's Brian. so funny. I wonder sometimes because I feel like when I talk with um, like animators, like artists who also like had to go through that like painful like digital time, yeah, like yeah. there's a little bit of like, I guess maybe you had to think about things more before you kind of put them in, in the machine, I guess. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that's something like, 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 do you feel like it's something that's helped you think about your scripts uh, before like typing well, it out? Well, more? one of the things like... that is our, our, a practice that we do that's very old school and our writer's room always sort of kicks against it. But Bob and I are believers in physical three by five index cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and the reason for that, and I know all the writing right programs, here. yeah, all the writing programs have the this the virtual way of doing that, right? But they all allow you to cheat because you can just type and type and type and you can write a a freaking book in one of those little yeah. index cards, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole point of the index cards is to build a skeleton. And mm-hmm. you know, you we in fact we don't we use a fat Sharpie. We don't mm-hmm. even yeah. use like the thin end oh, of a Sharpie. Yeah. We use mm-hmm. a fat Sharpie and we write, you know, Molly goes to school. That's like the mm-hmm. first, you know, and that's a card. Bam. You know, then mm-hmm. she, you know, then next moment, next scene, next scene. Scratch eats a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> right. Boom. Like, but what, we, we don't want them to get too complicated because yeah. you want to be able to look at it. You're getting that a glance and get the whole story. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get lost in the weeds. Yeah. Um, and how, that's the, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna ask how long, like, because the process was like so elongated because of technology. How long would you guys have to like write, like, basically oh, complete? Same amount of time. <laughs> oh, okay. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, uh, yeah, I think it was, but you know, it, it was. I mean, a lot of writing, and I, you know, Megan, I. I've never done your job because obviously you've seen my drawing. Um, <laughs> but I feel like for writing for sure, and I imagine it's true with storyboarding too, there's a lot mm-hmm. of think time, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure out how you're going to approach the shot, how you're going to stage it, how you – so the writing is very similar. It's just mm-hmm. you, you do it with a pen in your hand. Mm-hmm. We do it with the keyboard. But there's a lot of reflection time. So it's not like – you're sitting there in your office just typing and typing away. Yeah, um, totally. Really? <laughs> and if we are, it's only because we're searching something else on the internet. Like, yeah. Can I get tickets for this? Or whatever. Um, so I think it's, uh, yeah, so the actual writing time, even with the slow, slow computer, wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, making a whole lot of difference. It was, uh, it was really more about learning how to collaborate and, and make use of our our think time effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and I, yeah. Something we've done from the very beginning is talk it through until you're, you, you, you can pretty much see all of it. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, that's not that, um, you know, we're, we're obviously open to collaboration down the road, but, when Bill and I sit down to write it, we know pretty much what it's going to be beat by beat, mm-hmm. moment by moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, that's something that came out of that time. Yeah. We, 
we we were like, well, we we don't have a lot of time to write this script, and we only have one computer, so and it's spell checking <laughs> forever, so we're up against a deadline. Let's make sure we're on the same page yeah. from beginning to end. Yeah, and you know, and that's you know, that's still um, some of the most fun part of the job is just sitting yeah. down with the stack of cards and the bulletin board. Uh, what do we put going? I, there's also a kind of I like the tactile nature of mm-hmm. index cards mm-hmm. because sometimes mm-hmm. you realize, well, first of all, you're like, you know, what would be better? What if we unpin that moment and we move that here and you mm-hmm. pin that back mm-hmm. here? And you're, yeah. So you're moving things around and it's, it's. And you more, can take things off the board and say, eh, literally, let's put a pin in this one and put it over yeah, here. So we we'll, may come back mm-hmm. to it, but maybe mm-hmm. not. But clink. Yeah, and then sometimes yeah. you realize this was a wrong direction and there's something very, I don't know. It's satisfying to rip up the card. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, okay, that you know that what? gives you permission to go, that idea is dead. We're not doing that We're not anymore. coming back. It's ripped yeah. in half. Um, nice. But we also do a practice, especially when we're kind of approaching something new, of we don't start at the beginning, necessarily. <laughs> Bob yeah. and I, we, we tend to cut the, the script in half. Bob will often say, you know, do you want the first half or the back half? Uh, or if we're doing like a feature script, uh, we'll say, what scene do you want to write? And what, what you, and sometimes it's helpful to start with the thing that you feel like you can picture the best. Mm-hmm. The, the scene you're most excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting because it's something that um, on a previous show that Megan and I worked on where we mm-hmm. met uh, on mm-hmm. Thundercats, the showrunner worked that way. He would tell us, uh, oh, like when you start boarding, just do all the scenes you like. And then uh-huh. and then the other ones you could just kind of do kind of fast. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but there's, there's something true uh, and helpful about that. You, know, you can also tell for the people who <laughs> started at the beginning and had a lot of enthusiasm and then ran out of time. So right. as, <laughs> as, like, as the episode... Yeah, progresses. It's like it's really lush and lavish and intricate, and then pretty soon. Wow, every moment is really well staged and thought out. The gags are great. Then it stick figures in like a maybe a rough horizon line or something. Slapdash. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I mean, we you know everybody does that. Everyone hits that deadline. Is like, oh no, you know. But uh, and same thing happens with writing too. But uh, sometimes you can figure out. Hey, I wonder what scene they started with. It's probably the one that is the most vividly written. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a preference between writing for TV or writing for like features, like you said? Uh, they're two different muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the difference mm-hmm. between going for a run and going for a swim. They're both mm-hmm. equally valid forms of exercise, mm-hmm. and I... it, it's fun to mix them. Up. It's actually fun to work on them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been um, lucky enough it, it to can do be, that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it can be exhausting, but somehow, like, while you're pecking away at the TV script, which has got to be done like you're shooting from the hip, there's a part of your brain that's also like, God, I don't know why I'm making this a gun analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a part of you that's a sniper going. Because we're Americans. It's yeah. all about guns. <laughs> there's a part of your brain that's like focusing in on that moment mm-hmm. and going, okay, I know just what this needs to be when, mm-hmm. you know, when we're done with the script and we're turning back to that. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've figured out this problem. You know, they're they're more complicated puzzles to mm-hmm. to uh, piece together. Yeah, so it, I will say one of the things: <laughs> both have their assets and their liabilities, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. I think, especially if you're talking about an animated feature, mm-hmm. um, 
like with TV, as Bob said, you kind of got to just, you got to go fast. It's kind of take your first best guess. And there's a few chances to refine that. But generally speaking, you have to be a little looser and faster and kind of, you know. It's a, it's a little more shoot from the head. A little more, yeah, and sometimes you look at it like, well, guess we should have thought of that one a little more. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> but um, I think then the other problem with when you're doing a feature uh, production is you've seen that moment for five years right or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you've heard that joke a million times and and so is everyone you're showing the scenes to or and so you've got a it objectively you've got a really good funny scene Mm -hmm. but now we've seen it a thousand times it's no longer effective for us so it's really easy to go blow it up it's not working Mm -hmm. and we've Mm -hmm. only got six months to release let's just race and come up with something else and that's you know, that's not what you had was probably really good too. Mm-hmm. You've just gotten bored with it. So I think it's mm-hmm. important to, there's a little bit of balance between mm-hmm. the two. It's nice to take a little more time. It's also kind of nice to move a little quicker or trust your, your instinct or have, have someone who was it that Bob that we were talking to? Is it, or that, is it the, oh, uh, oh, shoot. I'm blanking on his name. I know who you're talking about. The Jack. Jack. Jack, um, the story editor on Young Video. Is that what, is that what you're thinking I think of? So, where what is that they write down what was loose but tight? No, I think we're oh, thinking no. two, different thinking two different things. But <laughs> I, I don't know where you're going, Bill. You're on your own. No, I, yeah, the one I'm thinking of is that the director's wife sits in on one of the early screenings. Oh, oh Steve Moffat. Stephen Moffat. His yes. wife. He writes the script, and uh, this is when he was working on his sitcom coupling um which is fantastic bbc show if you've ever seen it um and uh you know he sits up in his attic and writes the script and then he brings it down to her she's the producer on the show and she puts a check mark next to everything that makes her laugh and then you know they get it to the actors and they put it up on the stage and they you know laugh at it laugh at it decide what's working decides what's not what's not working but she notices invariably, like, you know, if that, that process starts on Monday, by Friday, people have heard the jokes too many times. It's not funny to them anymore. And they mm-hmm. start to go, eh, I don't know. What about this line? Can we try something different there? And that's when she, like, pulls out that script and goes, no, I laughed at it's it here. We're leaving mark. it. <laughs> that's yeah. so smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, because I feel like having worked in, in feature for a little bit, I definitely saw that process mm-hmm. too. And it's yeah. I've always wondered about that, like how I think that's such a smart uh, thing to do just to remember, like, yeah, that was funny mm-hmm. and not yeah. like get lost in that. I, I get how it happens. You, yeah. you, uh-huh. you start to get a little bit of tunnel vision and delirium. Yeah. And, yeah. And <laughs> but you've seen it a thousand times and you're full of, yeah. like any artist, you're full of self-doubt and yeah. second guessing and imposter and... syndrome and oh no they're yeah. spending millions upon millions of dollars for this movie have i messed it up mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. from the executive set too to make sure that yeah. they're going to deliver a, a, a film mm-hmm. that you know performs so everyone's got a lot of pressure on these things but i mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway easy for me to say i'm not the one paying for it but uh yeah. <laughs> but i do feel like if it made you laugh 50, 50 times in a row and maybe on the 50 second, the you're first. like, eh, you know, or whatever, yeah, you know, if, if it'll, your good chance it will make the audience laugh at least one time and one time, yeah. maybe all you need. One time's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
that is that's so cool that like um <clears throat> i'm gonna uh ask kind of like like a little bit of like a, a trades mm-hmm. i guess question but like sure. when did you guys uh i'm guessing you have an agent like representation mm-hmm. when did you guys feel like uh get an agent because from what you just uh said like your stories like you kind of got in through the back door so i'm guessing you didn't have an agent we did not have an agent then um Mm -hmm. the trick the 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 catch 22 of an agent is no agent wants to represent you when you don't have work and you can't get work unless you have an agent Mm -hmm. um so we we pretty quickly once we got the job went out and got an agent Mm -hmm. we were with that guy for i don't know i don't know a few years two years maybe um then we uh moved over to the gotham group and we've been there ever since and that's you know all of that is a tricky dance too because um the relationship with your agent or manager is um they're both a guide they're a critic in some ways in a a helpful way um they also the advantage of them of course is that they get to uh play bad cop and the good cop bad cop of negotiations yeah. you know yeah and, and so we yeah i feel like we've got a certain amount of chips we can play where we can annoy people mm-hmm. to get our way <laughs> and we'd rather not waste those on getting ourselves money we'd rather somebody else do that mm-hmm. and then we can save all those to actually make the show better mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so we, we've got our right. stack of chips if we're the ones going, no, we need more money. Give us more money. Then, like, by the time the negotiations get done, we may be out of chips, and then it's like, yeah, now what do we do? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Also, yeah. we just plain suck at negotiations. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we we are I terrible think, at it. I think for a lot of artists, that's the case, right? It's kind of like because you guys were talking about mm-hmm. imposter syndrome and like self doubt, and I feel mm-hmm. like when you have that, it's really hard to be like, I deserve more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think there's something, I think that's really good, but it, it's the constant conundrum. And I, I think the industry kind of, it's a, it's an intentional barrier, right? To have you be like, well, you can't pitch to us without an agent, but you can't get an agent unless you've had work. And mm-hmm. uh, it feels like an impossible situation. And I think there's sort of a, if they're smart enough to figure out this maze, then they'll be smart enough to do the show. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So I think that is sort of the first test of your resilience to get into the industry mm-hmm. yeah. in some ways. Uh, Unfair also, as it is. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's also kind of good to hear that you guys had like other jobs while you were like testing out to like, write, Like before, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. um, Bill, you were like editing and like cameraman and Bob, were, were you, when you were looking for your first gigs, were, did you, uh, what did you do to like sustain yourself if that's okay to ask so i i again i i when bill and i met i was a junior in college mm-hmm. or i just finished mm-hmm. my junior year so i had mm-hmm. that one year of doing that i worked since high school i worked at the local bank wow. and i i saved up enough money that um i was able to lead a, a little humble existence here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. just long enough to land a staff job. So, I, you know, I had my, my job where I was, you know, mm-hmm. the file clerk in the room. Mm-hmm. My last year working in the bank, they literally had me in the basement going through cards from World War II. Oh my God. To digitized. <laughs> it was just me sitting in a basement going through filing cards all day. Wow. Um, that was, 
that was the if you have any doubts about Levy, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. I no, I like to ask these questions because I feel like it kind of helps for you know anybody who's like trying to break in, like you know, like it's yeah. good to be a little practical sometimes and like be like it's okay to have another job while you're like, absolutely. Your, I mean, you know, I I take no credit for it myself. I just managed to thread the needle perfectly through strictly through dumb luck like mm -hmm. you know well, and talent to... and talent <laughs> right sure, you know i mean it was a good script it wasn't yeah, funny yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. good yeah, yeah i mean you know sure when when opportunity said. knocks you have to have the talent to, love, 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 to do it right. but i i i never want to lose sight of the fact that i got extraordinarily lucky to be at the right place at the right time mm -hmm. um so i didn't have to wait tables or Mm. Do well, whatever. and I, I think all of us know people who are very talented who just mm -hmm. never seem to get the right break. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you know, and and the difference between you know that person and you, it's it's like, what is there a difference, or is it you just you just were in the right place at the just, right time yeah. with the right portfolio with the right demeanor? You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, um, and that's why I think. <laughs> Bob and I keep copious amounts of gratitude with this that we've been able to kind of make mm -hmm. a living and a career in this industry when so yeah. many people that we know and love have attempted and it hasn't necessarily worked out mm -hmm. uh, the right. way they hoped. Yeah. Um, that said, I uh, <laughs> I do think, uh, in fact, I was just uh, telling this to somebody even earlier today, uh, I think the biggest mistake people make in their 20s is that mm. they're not bold enough mm. um, that they want they kind of want to jump into chasing their craft risk-free or at least <laughs> is with mm. as little risk as possible mm -hmm. uh, they want to you know i want to move to los angeles to work you know, in the entertainment industry, but with a job in hand. And it's just like mm -hmm. that. That's not going to happen. Just not you got to mm -hmm. gotta roll the dice. But the other thing is, especially if you're someone who's, you know, looking to write, mm -hmm. um, you got to have your spec scripts ready to go. Mm -hmm. like, don't, mm -hmm. don't show up here and go, I've got them all in my head. I just need to type them up. No, you, you need to have them yeah. literally in your hand, right? In your hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you've got to always be writing. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's the thing. I, I think, and, and for artists, I think that's you know, true you too. Have your portfolio ready. Yeah. To go. Mm -hmm. Like if the if the last you know storyboard you have to show was something from fifteen years ago, mm -hmm. it might be an excellent storyboard. But people are going to be like, "And what what have you done since that?" Mm -hmm. You know. So I, th I think they want to know that you are constantly investing in your craft, whether or not you're you've been paid for that specific thing mm -hmm. that you're, mm -hmm. you are also, you're getting paid hopefully, but you're also investing your own time and effort into strengthening your skill and getting you know better and better. So Bob and I uh, try to uh, kind of always have a project in the hamper that we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Cause you guys have been working on Molly for like a long time. You said that was like, like yeah. way. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> I, I we, 15 years, I think was the first. The, 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah it was wow. the first wow. version of it. Yeah. 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 There were, there were some false starts too. Like 
you know, we mm-hmm. at one point <laughs> we uh, a friend um, had a job at Stars, and he was like, uh, "I I've got carte blanche to hire whoever I want to do whatever I want, and I'm going to give that to you guys. I'm going to give you money, write whatever pilot you want to write. I don't care. I just trust you guys so much. I want to I want to be in business with you." Which He's still a dear friend and was a very generous offer. And we were like, great, let's bring out Molly McGee. We're going to start doing that. And it was a weird thing. I I was in the hospital with pneumonia. And I was like, well, I'm trapped here with an oxygen tube up my nose. But I'm going to do something because I was just bored. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out my laptop and I started to write it. And I wrote like a page of it. And then I was like, it's just not right. It's not mm-hmm. the right time for this. And we had another idea that felt like this was the right time for that and the opportunity to do that. And I was like, you know what, Molly, please sit back for a moment. We'll come back to you someday. I promise. (laughs) And that was like, you know, 12 years down the road. We're like, Hey, Molly, it's your turn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did you you guys know it wasn't the right time for Molly? Like we just say like, just like the trans, the humor, Uh, like nobody bought it. (laughs) 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 I mean, pragmatically, I think that's, part of it right well, it wasn't getting any interest we could have that we could have played that chip that that jay fudo yeah gave us we could have played it on that instead we we did the other pilot we did, which i think it was it just felt like there was something about the timing that wasn't quite right for it then and yeah. then you know there were also times bill's right we <laughs> we pitched it at nickelodeon to an executive who had gotten fired earlier that afternoon yeah that was hilarious too because he said like it's not gonna work here and it's not gonna work at the studio i'm going to like oh so so we just pitched and failed at two studios in an afternoon that's fantastic yes (laughs) very efficient that's what i was kind of gonna ask you guys is like you were able to like have it on the back burner for 15 years but that Mm -hmm. means that like that means that, like if you pitch it to a bunch of studios and nobody picks it up, it's not like dead, right? You can yeah, bring it back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how still did you, ours? How did you kind of? And by the way, all the studio execs change over over time. So yeah. mm-hmm. by the time we I mean, pitched it again to Disney, nobody was around that had been around that first. <laughs> the, time. the very first place we pitched it was Disney, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, it's cute, it's funny, not for us right now because X reasons X Y Z. I mean, the the mm-hmm. thing of it. I've been trying to stamp this out on Twitter. You know, people people <laughs> yeah, see these stories and they're like, oh, they pitched it at Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, why didn't Nickelodeon buy it? Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon's evil and foolish. <laughs> it's like, they're not. They mm-hmm. just, it, you know, they needed a, a round peg and we had a square peg. And mm-hmm. if we had tried to force our square peg through their round peg hole it would have been a disaster mm-hmm. for yeah. them and us yeah you know you gotta you gotta find a time where it's the right fit for the right place and you know you hope all your children get to flourish that way but mm-hmm. you know if they if it's not the right time for them you just tuck them back in the back of your brain and vow that you'll come back to them someday mm-hmm. and you know we've got a handful of those well, ideas and i know. i think that probably uh when we did bring it back to disney it really became, I think, apparent to you and I, part of what I think did yeah. make it help move forward was we're like, at its core, this is a Disney show. It is, mm-hmm. It's got a much more optimistic, hopeful, you know, earnest kind of tone, even though it's very playful and goofy and, you know, funny. Mm-hmm. But we're just, I, you know, ultimately, it does feel like a better fit for Disney. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but, and we've worked, we've worked at like a lot, a lot of different studios and have had a great time at those studios. Um, you know, like we, Bob and I were on Penguins of Madagascar, for example, over at Nickelodeon. And that was a blast. We had the time of our life, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, anyway, it was just, I think finding, sometimes it's finding the right home Mm -hmm. as well as the right time. Mm -hmm. Right. And never taking it personally when someone says no. It's not. Yeah, There's it, only one time we pitched something where someone said no that I took it personally. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's a little story. I'll make it as fast as I can. <laughs> we pitched a movie to Nickelodeon. They didn't know what it was going to be when we pitched it to them. And it was a live action movie. It was a live action movie. We pitched it and the executive said, I love this pitch. Here's the problem. We've got another movie just like this in development. Mm-hmm. And and even said, I like your version I, better. I like but... your version oh better. I think you may have just killed that other one, but I can't buy this one. And then he vowed that like he'd find something for us to work together with. And and, and he was true to his word. Anyways, so we, we walked away going, we've got a good pitch here. That just mm-hmm. you know was bad timing with that place. Like a month later, we get set up to. It may have been a week later. Yeah, it was, it was not long, but a friend was like, hey, this place is looking for movies that are Nickelodeon-style movies. You guys should go in and pitch them. They're like, that's great. We've got a Nickelodeon-style movie that literally the Nickelodeon movie exec said, I love this pitch. So we're like, it's it's right bullseye for what a Nickelodeon movie pitch should be. Mm-hmm. So we went in and pitched this guy and his assistant, and we... Got to the end. We could tell it wasn't going great. There's just a vibe sometimes when you know mm. things aren't going right. And we get to the end of it, and he says, wow. I didn't know where you were going with that, and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. He could not have been sort of more like, let's be done. And, we're and, like, then wow. he said, and then he said, you know, when you said, and that's the end of Act 1, I thought, oh my god, there's more of this? And he and his assistant are laughing at that. And yeah, we took that part personally. So we walked out of there and called our friend and said, that was a disaster. I don't know why you thought we would be a good fit with these people. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and he, he talked to them and they're like, no, no, they loved you. It just wasn't right for them. I'm like, no, no, we're not right for them. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Years, literally like a decade later, we took a meeting at a studio and that assistant walked in. And she made eye contact with us. And she's like, I feel like I've met you guys before. Bill didn't recognize her. And he goes, really? I, I, Jeez, I don't recall you. I don't, where could we have possibly met? I, I pegged her right away. And I was like, nope, we've never met. Good to meet you. Hi, I'm Bob. <laughs> this is Bill. We've never met you before, ever, in any context, ever. So, what, so one of the things, like, getting to the pitching uh, was, because pitching stories are always funny, I think. But, mm-hmm. um. I think part of it is, you know, you got to know what your idea is about um, Mm -hmm. at its core, Uh, Mm -hmm. but you also have to leave enough green space on it so that whoever is creating it with you, whatever company, whatever the executives are, that there's a place for them to put their fingerprints on it too, Mm -hmm. that it, so that they, they want to help shape it very, nobody wants you to just come in with the completed script ready for shoot shooting Mm because that's just not gonna happen and Mm -hmm. and 
So I think the fact that you can kind of come in with the core of an idea that is solid and but flexible enough to grow in the development process, I think is important. And, but we've had, the other part too is, as Bob said, you don't know necessarily from the pitch meeting itself of how you're doing. So mm -hmm. the, the absolute, well, we like, for example, we pitched, I won't say where it is right now, but <laughs> we would go into a pitch to a place and they'd be like, oh my God gosh that is the best pitch i've ever heard i can't wait you know i, this, I think this is excellent mm -hmm. and, you, and you tell your agent like it was so great it was so good and then you hear nothing for like three months and then like oh, oh yeah they passed and you're like what oh, <laughs> like, no. like that was amazing how did that go wrong and we've actually twice let's see one time we pitched one place and we pitched two projects and the executive was super excited about them both, said, I, I don't know which one I want to buy first. And we walked out of there going, like, that went fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then read in the trades. That, the was, that was a Friday night. Yeah. Read in the trades Monday morning. Literally after we walked out of her office, mm -hmm. they fired her. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, we what? We like 4.30 at Friday. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, her 5 o'clock was, don't come in Monday. Yeah. Whoa. So I mean, just hilarious. And and then the, another. I, one... We're hoping not based on. I love these guys and their ideas. Yeah. Oh, that shows you have poor judgment. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Then we also pitched. We had a project kind of get greenlit, and then the financial crisis of two thousand eight happened, and all the funding mm -hmm. went away. <laughs> oh. Just like, wow. And again, it was like on a Friday or whatever it was, and then on the next business day, like, oh, that's all gone. But anyway, one of the things, too, we so we've had great pitches where you're in the room and you're like, wow, that couldn't have gone better and nothing comes from it. And then we had what was probably our most disastrous pitch uh, mm -hmm. where I was getting over uh, like SARS. You know, I had just incredible, yeah. you know, illness. And, uh, and Bob, you know, it's a discipline Bob has, but when he's nervous, he intentionally makes himself slow down when he's pitching because he doesn't want to mm -hmm. rush through it. So we went over uh, to the studio to pitch, and it, it was a pre-existing property. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they'd sent us sort of like, "Hey, here's what we're thinking. How would you change it?" Mm -hmm. And we get there; it's pouring rain. Bill's just trying not to cough a lung up. And as we're <laughs> sitting there, you know, we we, we do the thing where we go in and like the assistants, like, "Hey, can I get you a bottle of water? You need hot tea." We're like, oh no, we're fine. We'll just sit here and wait by this conference room. And we can hear through the door, it sounds like there's a bachelor party going on in there. I mean, like, there's just laughs of laughter. <laughs> so and the, yeah. the door opens, and this guy steps out. We won't name who it was. Um, <laughs> and the head of the network is there with him, and he says, Oh, and as he's, I'm sorry, during the peals of laughter, I start to hear, the Oh, there's the, the character names. They're like there, somebody's in there pitching on the same project we're here to pitch on, mm -hmm. oh. and they're, they're killing. Yeah, yeah. They're like, there's. We should just get up and leave right now because oh, there's wow. no chance for us to get. And this. In, in my memory, I'm sure this is exactly how it was, but in my memory, when the door opened, it was like the room was flooded with light. You know, like a, like a heavenly light, right? And so there's this person who's done the pitching, who's a noted sort of celebrity person, film, you and know. there's whatever. the head of the network, and he says, this was so great, 
thank you will be in touch and hugs him. Hugs him. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. And then they look at us and go, Oh, oh right. You too. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're pitching to a room we already know we're dead. Like and there was one exec who was the person who invited to us. She was down the the rungs of the ladder there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's gamely trying to laugh at everything. Trying to give like, a little. I'm just trying not to cough. And then again, in my mind's eye, it went from a room flooded with light to the dimmest <laughs> lit room ever. And uh, and again, it's raining, and it's yeah. and the, so and the head of the network the is descent, listening the... to us, just kind of quietly. And I'm trying to get through it all so it's just coherent, just just so these people don't ask why have you wasted our time yeah. with mm-hmm. this. But mm-hmm. we can tell, like, they hate this, they hate everything and about Bob it. Bob is, it's in my gonna... mind, pitching in slow motion. He's like, whoa. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. So we get to the end of it. The head of the network goes, that was very thorough. I have no notes. Because he just wants to leave. And he just wants to get out of there. You want, you know, you want a lot of different reactions. You want, like, Ooh. love it or hate it or whatever. But yeah. thorough is never the word you want used. <laughs> so, so we so walked out of there. We get up, leave. We go to the car. We call our agent and say, not only did we not get this job, we're never going to get any job at this studio ever. ever. Like, we, like, we tanked that. That's Just take that one off the list. <laughs> So we go home, we start working on other things. A few weeks later, we see in the trades. This sure is enough. The trades were still a thing. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, that guy who got the hug, he's got the job. He's going to make this show this big, spectacular success. All right. God bless. Mm-hmm. Good good on you. A few weeks later, we get a phone call from that junior executive who laughed gamely through the whole pitch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, that guy completely flaked out on us. Uh, he's wasted the entire entire production schedule and um and he quit we need you to come in right away can you can you come take this job today? like literally today yeah, oh my god that's crazy i think that's so interesting because i feel like the story is like such a testament to like like you you just like keep showing up right it's like yep. show up do yes. the work that, you never that is know exactly the point mm-hmm. wow. you nailed it, that's the point like that's you don't crazy. Know. We've been in the pitches where they're like, we love this, and nothing ever comes of it. And we've been yeah. in the pitches where it's like, okay, please just get out of my office. Mm-hmm. And we got that job. So Wow. That's it, so crazy. Part of it is a little bit of, you know, perseverance and believing mm-hmm. in yourself. And part of it is never believing the hype in either direction, right? Mm-hmm. Never believe the, we think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And also <laughs> not believing the, this is a disaster. How dare you mm-hmm. voice uh-huh. this upon us? You've ruined the studio. Don't believe either of those. Mm-hmm. Believe yeah. in yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you guys approach pitching? Like, um, like how do you kind of like approach putting together your presentation? Like you were just talking, mm-hmm. you just had this story about this guy who apparently like put on like a real show, right? Mm-hmm. Are you guys kind of more like, like Im- Im- improv type, razzle dazzle types or <laughs> what's your. Yeah. Give, but yeah. Give this ball. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm non-linear. I always like if I start to pitch, I'm like, "Oh, I forgot this key part," and blah blah. blah and I'm going back, and it makes Bob crazy. Like you can see the steam come out of his ears. He's like, "Like Bob hates pitching, but he's like, I I like it better than you pitching." <laughs> and so I think that, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know what? It, it, our pitches are: we just sit down and tell you a story. 
Right. Mm. We tell you the story of what we're going to do. Here's what the show is going to be. Here's who the characters are. There's a little bit of light acting, uh-huh. in it, which is mm. But we kind of t- distrust people who can pitch really, really well. Yeah. Because those every oh, time they should be actors. Like if you can pitch mm. great, you're an actor. You should be on the other side of the camera. <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, so we tend every to... time we've been in a the story editor producer position where we hire the writer who comes in with a fantastic pitch where. They're, it's super slick and they they're they're really dynamic. Mm-hmm. Those scripts always wind up being the worst, oh. the absolute worst. They're 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 because they just you you get bamboozled, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I want the guy when I'm looking at a writer, I want the guy who comes in with a crumpled piece of paper, and he's sweaty. <laughs> and he's like, okay, here's my pitch, and you're like, can you speak up? I need you to. I I can't hear you, so can you please speak up? And they're like. Okay, I was thinking um, Molly and Scratch was uh, a funny thing. You're like, yeah, that's great. What's the bad one? But, it, you know, and it, I mean, in truth, you've got to be able to be, you've got to be interesting and dynamic enough to, yeah. to engage the, the conversation. I mean, one of the more successful pitches we had was we had pitched it at another studio, not Disney. Um, and we pitched a couple ideas, and they were one of the ones that had constantly said, that was great. And then, Three months later, would nothing come through. So they wanted mm-hmm. us to come in and pitch again, and we sort of said, "Uh, how? I don't know. That never goes well." Like this to our agent, she said, "Well, how about tell you what? How about they? They want to tell you what they're looking for, and then mm-hmm. you can create a pitch more around what they want." I'm like, okay, that seems fine. So we go in to hear what they, you know, what they're looking for, and as so the executives sort of explaining it. And I look over at Bob and I'm like, well, this kind of reminds me of this idea we have. And Bob's like, yeah, yeah. And the executive suddenly is very intrigued. Like, what idea? What? What? What is, what's that idea? And so we're so we're trying to remember together the pitch, like in the most sort of clunky, but in a way it kind of worked. Like it was sort of like a, well, remember it was sort of this? Oh, yeah. And then he had this friend and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And that worked well enough that we got a pilot out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> And again, you, so I don't know. It's just you just keep slugging. You keep going out there and trying. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. That's so best. funny. It's yeah. It's great also to like hear that you've done you've done so much between like future TV and pitching. And do you feel like do you feel like um, when did you guys start? pitching in your career like did you start writing out scripts and then you were like oh maybe we could come up with ideas for a show or were you always just pitching shows because that's like we started pitching episodes for like yeah you know this whatever show we were on so you'd have to go into your story editor and sort of go i was Mm -hmm. thinking about something like this so Mm -hmm. we kind of learned i think the nuts and bolts of how to efficiently present the idea Mm-hmm. And then I think it was like a yeah. it's like a decade before we I mean, we had a solid decade mm-hmm. of just writing before we started going. You know, we could come up with our own ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, did so, we? Well, gee, yeah. When did we do the Lady and the Tramp sequel? It was was that after our decade? No, no, it was before. Yeah, I mean that was a that one was a hey guys, we're going to cut you loose because end of your contract, we don't really have anything for you. And this was earlier on. This may have been like, mm. you know, five, six, seven years into, you know, mm-hmm. that first decade at Disney. And, but then uh, it was sort of, well, you know what? Uh, they're, 
we're just starting up the strict video department, and Bob and I had worked on uh, Return mm-hmm. of Jafar with the whole Alan writing writing crew because mm-hmm. that wasn't originally. It didn't start off as a movie. It started off as the first four episodes of the series. And uh, we kind of hammered that together in a strange way, all of us. Um, But so they, but that did well enough. They decided we could do these home videos. Uh, So they said, you know, you should meet up with, you know, Sharon Morrill and, you know, talk to her. So maybe there's something there for you guys to do. And so we went and met with Sharon and came up with a pitch for Lady and the Tramp 2. And that, mm-hmm. I think, though that wasn't the first one produced, I think that was the first real pitch pitch that we did. And it, yeah. and it worked well enough that we ended up doing it. But, yeah. Would you guys kind of like, like for aspiring um, creators that are like, mm-hmm. maybe like writers currently, or like, or like haven't yet had their foot in the industry as a writer, would you... Um, kind of advise or like recommend like uh, pitching on actual IPs or do you think like that's just something that you do more when you're more in the studio already yeah and, like, I mean know what's going on it's a tough thing like I, I think there's definitely um, there's there's definitely value in working your way up the ranks mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. starting on a show starting on somebody else's show and working your way up from writer to story editor to mm-hmm. okay now you're ready to produce well and that's the same i, I, I think storyboard you know mm-hmm. revisionist to storyboard mm-hmm. artist yeah. to director to you know supervising director I, and i think it's perfectly fine to have your pitch mm-hmm. in your back pocket for your own original thing but i i think i think if you you know roll into los angeles fresh out of wherever you've come from and you happen to manage to sell your idea to a studio i i think it's actually not a good thing Mm. you you will be eaten alive by this process if you haven't learned the ropes mm-hmm. um so I, I think there's some value to everybody's yeah yeah I, I i encourage people to be eager to get their things going and have their own things and have their own pitches but i think there's also some wisdom in you know be patient your time will come yeah be yeah you you know be, be chip away at that stuff be ready when somebody asks you mm-hmm. hey do you have any ideas <laughs> Yeah, and when opportunity but, yeah. you know arises, jump in, right? Go right. for it completely. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and we also for for writers, we advise that they have uh, an original idea spec that they've mm-hmm. done, and then also an existing currently uh, showing sp- uh, script, right? So pick a show that's you know currently mm-hmm. being produced, mm-hmm. uh, because what you <laughs> what you want to do. And I'm curious, Megan, like, does this, does this happen for portfolios for board artists as well? And that what I think what they're looking for with writers is we want to see your voice, see what you do. Mm-hmm. And we also want to see you become invisible and how well you can emulate the style of that particular show. So mm-hmm. like when Bob wrote that Star Trek Next Generation, it should feel like a Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so... Is that true for your own? Like, here's what you do if you're left to your own devices, but then here's your portfolio also that shows, here's how I did this existing show and this and this and this. Um, well, I did not have a storyboard portfolio when I started. The Pickle and Peanut <laughs> people took it. They took a chance on me. Okay. But the show... Pickle and Peanut, yeah. that explains everything. <laughs> well, I... I, I yeah. say that with great affection. Those guys are the... I yeah. love those guys. Um, they took a chance on me and because the show was like 
I could put my voice in it, and it was kind mm-hmm. of my brand of humor. I was able yeah. to, like, like learn how to board through that. But, like, you look nice. back, and, like, there are shows that I tested for that I didn't get, and, it, I like, at the time I was upset, but it's like, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like, I don't think, like, like, I would have had fun because it's not, like, my yeah. my style. I can't even, not like, your stuff. Yep. you can't put your voice mm-hmm. in it at all. You'd feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's similar in that way where it's, like, yeah, you find the shows you're on, it's, like, you can, you take, like, like Molly, you take it, but then the people working on it also, you guys, like, they let you put your flavor in it and your flavor. Yeah, and like, we encourage every, it. Yeah, yeah, everybody puts puts their little, like, their stink on it, and that's what makes makes it good so yep we're firm believers in that like you know i i know there are people out there who are certified geniuses at this right Mm -hmm. and they know what every frame of the show is going to be what every sound effect every music note every line of dialogue every eye movement of the character Mm -hmm. that's not bill and me we're we're solid (laughs) b plus producers baby (laughs) (laughs) to to us the fun is seeing what other people bring to it Mm -hmm. you know yeah, so. I mean, because I don't know. For me, I think that's the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I love the fact that, for example, at, you know, the beginning of the show, it says created by, you know, Bill Mott's and Bob Roth. That's super fun. I also know it's a lie. I mean, we did sort of create the the inception of the idea, mm-hmm. but it's it's really created by everybody who works on the show who touches the show who adds to the show mm-hmm. um, you know i mean i think about <laughs> you know like we were talking about how uh megan you're the one who created the dead birds <laughs> you know and yep. it started that run um autobahn society please send yes. your, yes. your mail to megan yes fisher f-i-s-h-e-r <laughs> and uh, also you were the you were the first i think to draw scratches but Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> as a anthropomorphic actual not just a you know globby uh backside and so and that also kind of took a life of its own you know mm-hmm. that, and i think that's the fun thing is that we all see you know things that you would do and other people you know be like oh my gosh that's so funny let's mm-hmm. do that let's add to that let's those are not things that we would have come up with by ourselves but when you see it yeah. you, and it feels right for the show mm-hmm. um i think part of our job is sometimes to feel like when something doesn't feel right for the show and you adjust it mm-hmm. but or and hopefully it's sort of a well maybe not that but what if it was this kind mm-hmm. of an idea and i think that's kind of fun mm-hmm. uh, and i i like that i like i like being surprised at what everyone brings i'm mm-hmm. a, i'm a little i don't know I, I, maybe it's imposter syndrome enough for ourselves, or maybe I'm just bored with my own imagination. But I like seeing the collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. I feel I like know. also that probably comes with like you know being in this industry a while. You know to like trust the professionals yeah. you hire. You're mm-hmm. like you're like yep. oh god, I don't I have to do it all by myself. You're like no, I can actually like you know let other people yeah. do the job I hired them for. And yeah. like, yeah. yeah, so it's it, speaking of pickle and peanut for a hot minute, <laughs> Joel was mm-hmm. the director of the Ghost of Molly McGee. Really? Oh, yeah, it really? Was like, it was like almost two weeks. I don't even know that. if it was that long. It was a week. Yeah. <laughs> a week. Yeah. He, he was. Yeah. He was uh, I mean, we had we got along great, and it was really fun. And he had. I mean, I keep thinking what a wildly different show that would have been. It would have been a very very different, <laughs> very different show. Um, but then he he ended up getting another opportunity. He. Mm-hmm. Felt he needed to take so 
Yeah. That was kind of funny. And, but, uh, but yeah, it was yeah. that thing. If, if with, with him on that, still would have been created by Bill and Bob, would have been a really different show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then the, the great thing about, yeah, you know, being with Steve Loader, uh, then who actually joined us as EP and, you know, helped just guide the whole uh, visual side of things. Mm-hmm. We've worked, you know, we've worked with Steve since back on Buzz Lightyear Starter <laughs> Man, you know, and we ran the uh, a show together before, and um, so it was a lot of trust. But Steve, he he brought a lot of cool things to it. Most importantly, to the show, he was the one who's like really like let's bring the music in mm-hmm. that oh, we had really cool. our initial idea w- was not going to involve songs in every episode. In fact, the pilot that we did. We thought that was gonna be a one-off with the that song, those songs in it, mm-hmm. and then decided, eh, this is really fun. We like this. Let's keep doing it." But yeah. and then I, I think about it too, like, uh, you know, originally, as as you know, we had the artist drawing the songs, which was like added such a burden to the workload. We had the board artists drawing the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The board right. artists. Sorry, the board artists were drawing the song sequences. And, and that was just killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of nice to be able to have that kind of conversation where you're like, hey, you know what? Let's mm-hmm. rethink our process here and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and make that it, work better. It kind of stinks when you're like in that position, you're like a board artist, you're like, man, this song is so good. I wish I had an extra like two or three weeks so I could really yeah. like, you're just like, oh my gosh, there just like isn't enough time for me to like really like get in yeah. there and like do it the justice it deserves. Like, yeah so. <laughs> so but that was but that was good then and then mm-hmm. we could make the case of like you know what we need mm-hmm. some we need song specialists who mm-hmm. that is the, their full focus that you know minute to minute and a half song is their full mm-hmm. focus and um anyway it was just kind of nice mm-hmm. to see i don't know I, I was happy for the feedback we got mm-hmm. uh to sort of open up to a different way of collaborating on that I think it was helpful. I've drawn a very off model scratch here. <laughs> I love it. It's like, you're so angry. <laughs> Grumpy. Um, something, something I remember about Molly that like, one of the things that stood out was like, when I first started, you guys gave us time to get used to drawing the characters. Mm-hmm. You gave yeah. us, that was, I've never had that before. And that was so oh, really? helpful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was, I was like, wow, this is like, you get to, like kind of be in the environment you get to get to know mm-hmm. everybody on the team but you also get to like work with the characters and see how they might interact and that was like that was really useful <laughs> oh good 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 i'm glad to hear that do you remember though too i mean I'm, obviously you do uh, <laughs> like you guys would just draw sort of wild moments mm-hmm. of you know here's just a thing and we pin those up all over the place <laughs> on the walls and then drew inspiration. So a lot of those things where it was just you learning to draw the characters and what's a funny little moment mm-hmm. found found its way into the show in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And helped a lot of like helping to find Daryl, what Daryl's uh, dynamic was like. Mm-hmm. It was found in that ex- exploration. Um, what was like, what did you guys have the most fun with? Like, or like in general, just show running? Do you guys like, like the like working with the voice actors do you like working do you have a favorite thing i guess there's there's uh, <laughs> what, what's fun about running the show is every day is different mm-hmm. i mean there, there's mm-hmm. a there's a rhythm to things sort of like you know okay 
Fridays tend to be mixed days or whatever, something like that. Mm -hmm. But there's, it's not, it's not the same day you're doing the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think any job in this industry, to some extent, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's particularly true showing. Like, Mm -hmm. you you get to move to, okay, today we're going to (laughs) record an actor, then we have to look at this animatic, then we're going to talk to the writers here, a pitch about, you know, the story we're cracking, then it's lunchtime. Then we're going to come back in the afternoon. We've got a mix all day in the afternoon, and we've got a script to read tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a lot of different things all happening at the same time. Um, it can be a little dizzying, can be a little exhausting at times, but it's it's fun that there's so much going on all at the same time. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, we had a moment. <laughs> wasn't on this show, but it was on the previous show we worked on, um, the Lego Star Wars show we worked on. Which was animated in Denmark, right? So we mm-hmm. we worked with a t- an entire um, production team that was, you know, we Zoom didn't exist at the time, but we were using Skype, and mm-hmm. you know, they were going to bed as we were getting up, and vice versa. Um, anyway, it, the show got an Emmy nomination, and <laughs> they all flew out to be part of the daytime Emmys, which whatever, but. The entire cast showed up for the... We, 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 we didn't win, but we all went to a hotel afterwards and took over their bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and looking around, I realized, oh, hey, look, there's our music composer talking to one of the actors. And there's one of the storyboard artists talking to one of the sound engineers and stuff. And I realized Bill and I are the only people here who know everybody. Mm-hmm. We're the... like I was like, oh, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so and and they're meeting for the first time and it it it, i don't know why it hadn't dawned on me that all these people don't really know each other Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they just don't that's just the the nature of production Mm -hmm. um and it was it was cool to see that moment it was kind of cool to feel like oh we're the we're the central nexus of all this and that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that's fun about the job i wish Mm -hmm. you know everybody could know each other and maybe the next time we do a show, we'll we'll be a little more intentional about it. It was hard during a pandemic, but yeah. <laughs> I wish everybody could know everybody. Um, but you know the that that I think everybody who works on Molly has brought so much special. Um, they've all brought themselves to it, and it's neat that we're the we're the guys at the center of it, and we get to see what everybody is bringing to the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I also think it's funny. Bob, at his core, is a writer, mm-hmm. and I'm not. Mm. Um, what does that mean? Well, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think when it for me, uh, like when I was in college making films or whatever, to me, writing the script was always the blueprint for the production, um, and I found it sort of. Uh, it would almost be like an architect who you know draws the blueprint, but you but you want the building built, right? That the, the blueprint mm-hmm. by itself is not super fun, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and but Bob actually gets a lot of satisfaction, like if we do a script and we're proud of the script, but it doesn't get produced, and you know every writer's got that story at some point. Bob still could feel a lot of satisfaction that, but that still was good work. Whereas I'm mm-hmm. usually grinding my teeth, going like ah. <laughs> never made it to you know to to movie so i think part of for me then because i i love 
and I, I really am kind of kidding about the whole not being a writer thing because uh, I love the storytelling. I love bringing all that to life, but I love the then the journey and the process of seeing, you know, this idea that what if we did it's from that little three by five card? What if we did went from there to this thing that you can watch on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. That to me, that journey is so fun and exciting and and kind of like a, a little miracle every single time. No, that's certainly you know, true. Yeah. Oh, so that's so yeah, that's so interesting to hear like how like you guys complement each other and like that like I feel like both of these energies are like really useful in both part of the process, like the pitching at first and then like the making of the show. I, I honestly don't know how EPs who are just one person do it. Like Yeah. That. Yeah. And you know, there's some there's some examples we all know of people just going straight up nuts from doing this job. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I think part of it is um, you know, part of the advantage of having a partner is you always have somebody there to keep you sane. Mm-hmm. Mm, totally. Yeah. Uh we we always have like whenever and it's you know, everybody thinks I'm always gonna be the pessimist, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah, that is not true. We, we 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 switch back and forth and there's always a point not always a point, but you know, whenever somebody is like, Oh my god, we're done. They finally figured out we don't know what we're doing. We're screwed. This is the end of our career. Mm-hmm. The other guy's like, we're fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's great. We've never been better. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's good to have that that kind of perspective. And mm-hmm. and that 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 you know that mm-hmm. again it keeps you sane. Mm-hmm. I think you know you can get if you don't have somebody there to check you like that, you can get some tunnel vision in this job and obsess over inconsequential things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And 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 let consequential things suffer for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. This is this is really great to hear. I think that's also something that's kind of like really, I don't know, like <laughs> like creative duos. I'm always just like, what is it like having this like creative partnership? It sounds so cool. <laughs> and like you just gotta like laid it out. Like yeah, you also yeah. like keep well, each other even, like grounded. Even in, even in, pitch, in pitching. <laughs> Though Bob is the one who's doing the presenting, yeah. Uh, when you are pitching, you are focused on that job, that mm-hmm. task, mm-hmm. right? You are making sure that you are communicating clearly and, and making good eye contact, and you know, doing all that stuff. But you you can't really also be at the same time in observation mode, mm-hmm. right? So part of then what I'm doing while Bob is pitching is I'm watching who we're pitching to their reaction so i could see that little like little weird head turn or the something whatever that basically they didn't get that they didn't get that so then i'll enter yeah i'll interject Mm. and be like so it's this or this and i'll give up something more concrete uh Mm -hmm. to help you know fill that in so i I, you know i yeah me too i mean i have can't imagine doing this by myself Partly because I know I don't think I could. I don't think I would be given that. <laughs> People would be like, you, you, hit the bricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, when we pitch, uh, we, we all rehearse it a few times, but I like to keep it loose. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't like it to be canned. I'd like it to sound like, hey, this is somebody sitting down, and they're telling you a story mm-hmm. about this thing that happened, and they're very excited to tell it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if it gets canned, I think it starts to feel... I mean, and that's just my preference. You know, if... if uh, if you're someone who feels like 
if I don't have every word of this and intonation of this memorized, it's going to be a disaster. Go for it. That there's, you know, everybody does. It's about your comfort level, really. Yeah, exactly. But my comfort level is the if I if I rehearse it too much, it it'll Mm -hmm. it'll start to feel stale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The other part of it (laughs) is, and this is this is my personal little soapbox, but. you know, I will frequently see creators, showrunners, you know, grinding their teeth at whatever studio they're at, um, which I get it. It can be a f- very frustrating process. It can be, you know, I mean, we all have our stories, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but but there's also a part of me. It's like I can't afford to produce this by myself. This is is not, I would never be able to assemble the crew of talent that, uh, and, and actually pay them um, (laughs) all by myself. So I, I actually really appreciate the partnership with the studio Mm -hmm. and, and part of what's crazy about the whole pitch process and the development process is that you're convincing the studio to invest just millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. into something that you thought about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's that thing of like, so this idea of a, a positive, optimistic gir- tween girl or, you know, 13-year-old girl and this grumpy ghost? Yeah, let's let's just pour a fortune into that <laughs> and, and roll the dice and see how it does. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's just a crazy... Uh, proposition yeah. and the fact that we've been lucky enough to get to do it on a, a number of occasions is mm-hmm. you know, pretty true. Exactly. This job, you know, there are days that are frustrating, of course, like any mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. But if you can't be happy doing this job, mm-hmm. my God, mm-hmm. there's something you need to you need to sit down and yeah. talk to a therapist about. Like, this is meant that you're, you're, you're spinning magic out of nothing every day. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't have fun making a cartoon, oh my, I feel for you. Yeah. And I yeah. think, you know, and also, uh, there's a part of me, and I don't know, I hope, I hope you felt this on the show, Megan, but I, I literally feel the magic that comes out of your pen. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it's that, uh, you know, looking over your your shoulder at, at your Cintiq or something and seeing how you're, you know, you're creating. And to me, I just feel like that is, I don't know, you're bringing something to life, mm-hmm. you know, in a drawing. And, I, and, <laughs> it, and then I think that, that fans, you know, around the world see that. And then what's even more amazing to me, I think, is that this strange collaboration that we all have, uh, you know, this team putting it together and you put it out in the world and then people have an emotional reaction, an emotional response to what we've made together. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see like people on social media sometimes just talking about how, you know, this work, especially in certain things, you know, mm-hmm. an episode we did whatever touched their life, changed their life, made them feel something profound. And mm-hmm. wow, I, I just feel like that's just, it wasn't just about, I mean, sometimes it's just about entertaining, right? But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and having a good time, you hope they all have a good time. But sometimes it's, you know, you're you're speaking to their core in a way that mm-hmm. uh, fundamentally resonates and changes them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't think there's too much of a higher calling for any human being that to be able to, 
do something like that for another person. So it's yeah. You know there awesome. are doctors out there. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're um, a close. They're a close second. I'll give you that. Close second. <laughs> yeah, because like recently when the drop of season two of Molly came out, I like mm-hmm. I was watching it and then I went back and looked at my boards and like. The dance episode, like, I remember the Kim Possible, like, dance scene was so formative to me, and then, like, <laughs> getting to, like, yeah, getting to do that on Molly, I was getting emotional, like, looking at my stuff, I was like, this is, like, a dream come true, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and then, and likewise for uh, the the writer of that episode, Brandon, mm-hmm. he, right, it's Brandon, right? It was Brandon, yep, yeah. yep. That he had always wanted to write, like, one of those teen romance comedy kind mm-hmm. of things, so... So that's he, his wheelhouse. That's his wheelhouse. <laughs> so he had that same kind of feeling of like mm-hmm. watching that come together. So the the synergy, which I you know, I know is an overused word, but let's use it. Uh, <laughs> but the synergy of you know his script, your boarding, that then you know all the the timing and music and mm-hmm. you know, effects all come together and making something. I I'm incredibly proud of the episode. I think it's yeah. so. <laughs> fun and it works and it's a good emotional roller coaster ride and mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> oh yeah. man that's yeah it's true it's true making cartoons is just it's really fun it's really great and it, it is magic because it's like yeah. bringing drawings to life yeah. and then like with stories it's and transmitting them around the world mm-hmm. it, yeah that's really that's really crazy yeah when you think about it um i was wondering if you guys are down to go into some questions from the fans of the show well uh, sure <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i, I i'll tell you <laughs> well, we, we bored them all this time i guess they deserve yeah, something so, do, do you think there are any left but okay <laughs> All right. There's some there's some fun ones. Obviously, like you might have to edit this and put this right. part first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we want to like obviously like we like to talk shop on on Creative mm-hmm. Block more than we talk about like the um, like you know like the, mm-hmm. the the shows. So yep. I think the questions that we're gonna pick are like because we had the ton and uh, I think mm-hmm. so from our patron Via Linspea, um I think this is a fun one because you guys kind of mm-hmm. like maybe hinted at it a little bit. Do you guys ever butt heads to running with different creative ideas? And... Oh, yeah. yes, all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you guys have like some fun stories about that? Well, you know, I, it's not, I don't know if we have any fun stories, but I, I think the, I mean, maybe Bill's, maybe Bill will disagree and say we have fun stories, but here's what Bill and I have learned over the years. We'll have these, they're not fights anymore, it's just creatively yeah we used to have fights and then somewhere along the way we're like well that's a waste of time stop doing that it's all just about making the show better and we we express ourselves with our passion and then at one point we'll go all right if it means that much to you we're gonna go do it your way or no you know we're gonna keep keep pushing this until you see doing it my way mm-hmm. but what we find more often than not is there's usually a third way that is better than Either of the ways. So, either of the ways. I, I, our fresh, fights, yeah, yeah I, I think we've become less passionate about it as time has gone on. Mm-hmm. Now it's just about, what if we tried it this way? I don't know. I don't know if I see it working that way. Well, I think it could work this way. Let's let's explore it. We explore it. We go down the road, and then the one guy, will, the other guy will go, yeah, okay, I see it. Well, we're going to do that. I'm excited about it. And we could do it this way, too. Yes. Or mm-hmm. we run down the road and go, nah, it's not working. Yeah, we tend to, right. we tend to go for trying to find something that will make us both happy Mm because i sort of feel like that 
is where better success will be. But a fresh example was yesterday we were at the mix and there was a music cue that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you had one approach, I had another approach and we kept playing around until we finally found something that worked for, you know, for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it, yeah, plays yeah, great. Yeah, plays great. <laughs> but it took a bit. Yeah, but I, I don't know that we butt heads as much. No, we it's certainly more, don't. It, it's just <laughs> now it's just about, hey, I see this. What if we tried it like this? And it's more, and dispassion is not the word, but it's more. Well, it's become less personal about mm-hmm. challenging yeah. each other's creative. And it's got to be my way because I have the vision of it, and more just about. Hey, here's an idea. What do you think of this? Right. Let's think about that. Mm-hmm. And I and maybe I'm hopeful that maybe that is something I hope that we have learned to do with the crew a little more too, mm-hmm. because yeah. if something is bumping, you know, you guys too. I, I mean, boy, Bob and I we've talked <laughs> about how many times on Molly McGee did somebody come to us uh, and say, you know, at this moment doesn't sit with me right, or this doesn't work right, or whatever, and it you know, force us to kind of roll up our sleeves and re-examine. Mm-hmm. And man, is it better for what we re-examined. Mm-hmm. So I, I just happy. Everybody's got their, their blind spots. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And some of them are shocking how even once somebody explains it to you, you're like, oh, huh, how did we not see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that could have been taken incredibly poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. It's really cool to hear also like that the crew also just like felt confident coming up to you guys and like talking to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think to be fair, sometimes, you know, board artists would go to their director and say, hey, can I bend your ear on this? And then the directors would come to us and say, hey, so-and-so raised this concern. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah, tried we to just have throw Megan under the bus. Just like <laughs> I think it's great. But Meg, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> Megan was complaining all the time. No, I, I, I think we, you know, I, I hope that you know the crew felt comfortable in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so. I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's an intimidating thing to go to your EPs and say, uh, about this. I think yeah. a lot of the um, times um, you'd like you'd board a thing and then you'd see it later in animatic and you're like, oh wait, the staging plays so much better. Like your director or like someone else would change it, and you're just like, yeah, just going at it without an ego and being like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm taking mm-hmm. this yeah. and I'm learning for yeah. next time. That's or, exactly yeah. the way to put it, Megan. Thank you for summarizing it all in like 13 seconds. And I killed like five minutes going out. It's like we've taken our ego out, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. Yeah, that's, well, a, so. that's a factor of our age. Like, you know, we've, we've as, as young men or young people, you <laughs> want to see your your vision of it. And mm-hmm. as you get older, at least what has been the, I think, true for Bill and me is we just sort of said, you know what, it's, it's about making this thing great. Mm-hmm. And whoever's got the best idea to make it great, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I hope. Anyway, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe you'll be like, and now we're going to have a very special counterpoint interview coming up with <laughs> some people from the show. Yeah, I brought, this is why I brought you all on here today. <laughs> we got you. That's right. It's an uh, intervention. Yeah. Caller, caller number one, uh, what's your, uh, yeah, oh no. 
Um, we have a fun question from Katie, your patron mm -hmm. Katie. Uh, what would be your recommendation for stories for the beginning writer to try to focus on writing first? Like, oh, mm -hmm. that's a good you know, question. I, I, I would say it's less about what stories should you write and more about are you writing consistently? Mm -hmm. Like, mm. and there's no excuses for this. If you have a full time job, then you got to get up an hour early every morning mm -hmm. and write, or mm. sp spend the time late writing. Um, you'll you'll find your voice the more you do you more do you work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a simple exercise I think to kind of get sort of the ball rolling with people because I think the the blank page is just a you know a tyranny. Mm -hmm. We did that whole episode about you know Molly's mm -hmm. mom being you know, intimidated by the blank canvas. And I think that's a real right. a mm -hmm. real thing. Um, We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, is write a joke. Because it, a joke essentially is three-act structure in a nutshell. There's some mm. sort of setup, you know, the whatever the conflict the middle. Or, the middle is, and then the payoff. So write a joke. And then, uh, like, pick a topic, write a joke about that thing, then write two more jokes about that same topic. Mm -hmm. And because what that also then does is give you, sort of remind you of, like, Oh, maybe my first joke about that one wasn't actually my best. It might have been my second or third that was actually the funniest joke. Mm -hmm. So it, it gets you, it kind of starts working the muscles about, you know, changing and looking at possibilities uh, and not necessarily going with your very first instinct. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's just a good little practice thing to do to kind of warm you up and then you can... Um, and then if, again, you know, I think you can master short forms and work longer. You know, people jump into mm -hmm. like a feature script. That is mm -hmm. so daunting. I remember, <laughs> I remember jumping into my very first feature script, which was before Bob and I were partners. And I had written the whole thing kind of front to end without really any true understanding. And it was 50 pages long. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> this, this is short. Um <laughs> So I, I think that you can master, you know, doing sort of short form stuff first, if you want to, just basic storytelling, you know, uh, just to kind of get in the habit, if you, to get comfortable in sort of the basics of storytelling before then taking on the whole, what is the nitty gritty of screenplay writing where you're, mm -hmm. you know, getting into the nuts mm -hmm. and bolts of what's your action slug say, how much mm -hmm. do you say, how much do you not say, how how do you write pithy dialogue? Those are all sort of different skill sets. But starting with beginning, middle, end is just a great <laughs> yeah. place to sort of <laughs> practice. And uh, it, it, it's an old trick, but um, I'll, I'll say because maybe, maybe young people haven't heard it. Like, write your script, then put it in a drawer and walk away from it for a week. Come back and look at it a week later and see... <laughs> If it's what you thought you wrote, because you can, you can, uh, especially if you don't have a partner, you can, you can, you can get that, that tunnel vision and not be aware mm -hmm. of what you're actually doing. There's also, if I may be so bold to talk about to your, to your listeners, mm -hmm. um, there are so many books about screenwriting mm -hmm. and, and it's maybe good to know some of it and then to forget it because, yeah. uh, a lot of them uh are <laughs> they're sort of like an autopsy right they take mm -hmm. some successful 
film and then they break it down into its script components and they they mm -hmm. explain to you for example why casablanca is brilliant um, <laughs> i know who you're talking about yeah you know what i'm talking about <laughs> and, and by the way i've read that book a number of times and there's a lot of good stuff in that but uh the trick is you can break down why something was great but then reverse engineering it it doesn't necessarily mm. turn out to be true you can't because you know all those little pieces then build a, a, a successful film and i mean we can all think about mm. movies you know star wars completely violates uh you know many of those rules you, you don't meet, meet luke skywalker for like what 20 minutes or something yeah. you know <laughs> it's like he's the main character what, what do you mean you did 20 minutes of movie without meeting the main character so uh i think that it's kind of good to to know those basics, but they can be kind of oppressive to feel like you've got to. Well, by mm. it says by you know page ten, I I'm supposed to be here, and page yeah. one eighteen, I should be here, and um, as if it is a map, and I I just I don't think it is. Yeah, I I, I think the other danger of those kinds of books are, you can spend all your time preparing to write and never write. Mm -hmm. and I think the the mm -hmm. best the best thing you can do for yourself is write just write 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 or if you're an artist draw start drawing mm -hmm. or painting or yeah. sculpting or whatever it is your, yeah. your your jam is but just start doing it there's there's no better time than the present stop procrastinating just go there's and, a lot. And, and, and it'll be crap that's okay <laughs> yeah it's yeah. gonna be crap yeah i, I feel know like that. that whole ten thousand hours thing of like you know like you've got <laughs> You gotta bleed through just a lot of terrible, terrible writing or drawing <laughs> well, and, before you actually to a point where like, okay, now I'm pretty consistently not drawing yeah. or writing crap. You know. And the other part of this, and sometimes I'll say it to Bill when we're, you know, when we're fortunate enough to be working in the same space and it's not a pandemic, <laughs> I'll hear him stop and I'll be just like, Bill, just start typing. Just go. <laughs> just stop. I can tell you're overthinking over there. Just, just start going. And we can always fix it, but it's so much easier mm -hmm. to fix it than it is created. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just get it down, and then you'll be able to see clearly. Oh, mm -hmm. that's not what's not working. But you know, look, these, these computers have delete keys, and <laughs> you know your your uh, your Cintiq has the erase buttons. It's you can you can fix all this, but you got to start it first before yeah. you fix it. I think that's a great segue into the question we like to ask uh, on this podcast which is called creative block <laughs> do you guys ever and you guys were just talking about the episode with uh, molly's mom who's like uh dealing with that do yeah. you guys ever experience creative block and sure. if you do oh, yeah. how does it feel like and how do you deal with it well that, that's another part yes of course <laughs> everybody who's in the arts you would be surprised some people yeah. on this podcast have been like no, never. I never. I'm never really? blocked. So you've had liars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're calling them out right now. Call them out. The, the other good thing about having a partner is there's you're going to run into that creative block a lot less because you know you're mm. you're going to be like I'm stuck on this idea. I'm stuck on this. What do you think? And they'll have a solution for you or tell you it's a terrible idea. We should just abandon it or ask you you know have you thought about it this way um so yeah we I, I think we don't hit the creative block all that often because we have this this collaboration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but there are t- you know one of the things like likewise when bob can hear my keyboard stopping uh and he knows i'm overthinking it one of the things i find really funny is uh and i will i will clean it up a little bit because i don't know who your listeners are but uh <laughs> bob will be typing and i'll hear him banging the keyboards and he's and he's saying i'll say crap that's what you say okay. that. so, <laughs> like, crap this is crap. This is total crap. This is garbage. I hate this. This is garbage. But he's just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, this has happened to us so many times. Like the next day you look at that script in the morning and go, yeah, that was garbage. Let's throw that out. <laughs> but uh, it might sort of go, you know what? That approach was wrong. Let's try another approach. Mm. And you kind of sometimes you have to do the bad version before you can find the yeah. good version. Mm-hmm. So it just when be we're writing that that's features. part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. When we're writing features, I start my day every morning by just printing out everything we've done mm. and reading it and marking it up with notes. Mm-hmm. And that'll, you know, that'll kill the first hour of the day. And then and it feels you know. productive even if it isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think there's, there's a honing process to it. And then like by the time you get through, okay, I've marked up and changed everything that's come before. Now you've got a head of steam and you're ready to go into that next mm-hmm. time. So. Another trick that uh, I've heard other screenwriters use and that I will use on occasion, especially in, in the feature work, is to stop mid-scene. Mm-hmm. So that you, if you know, like, okay, I know where the scene goes and I could finish the scene, but you stop because, you know, tomorrow in the morning you'll pick it up and you'll know how to finish the scene and it kind of nice. gets some creative momentum going and you can kind of keep going that way little tricks that you can little do. tricks of the yeah. trade that's yeah that's really fun i hadn't heard that before <laughs> <laughs> i um i i do want to get back to a couple of like listener questions because i sure, think sure. Some of them are really really good uh unfortunately i we're not going to be able to get through all of them but um if we're going to try to make uh, to get through um the ones that are like relevant to the craft so from at flippy super on twitter what is your advice on how to write optimistic characters i like how you write molly as someone who can be in the wrong even with positive intention and it makes her stand out among other characters like her so we we intentionally approached molly as not perfect because if there's somebody who is that optimistic and perfect and not prone to making mistakes you're gonna just want to kill her like (laughs) (laughs) that that's somebody everybody's just gonna hate but if she's bright and optimistic but will fall on her face from every now and again either through you know sheer physical uh slapstick or you know going in with the best of intentions and messing up that makes the character um a little more uh vibrant yeah and empathetic, yeah. And the other thing is, we we tried to find quirks for Molly, um, and like you know, the fact that she hates close up magic is something <laughs> that came out of the writers' room that we super embraced. It came from Sammy Crowley, like oh she Sammy, hates, yeah, she, she the show just before. It's Sammy she hates, hates close up magic. She hates close up <laughs> magic because it's a lie. And, we're and, like, oh, and she that literally so said to us, and it's in. We put it in the episode that she said. I mean, of course, I love real magic. But close-up magic is just, all right, and all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back to the real magic, magic part, <laughs> you know. And, and it was, we had that discussion. It started to to feel like this is a trait we have to steal from Molly. Sorry, Sandy, we're taking your life story and making it Molly's. Yep. Um, 
and and you know there there's so many little aspects of Molly that have that same kind of origin story of um, the turnips her that came out of Madison Bateman's uh, uh, childhood. She grew up. Family garden was turnips. Family garden was full of turnips. Mm. The whole turnip thing came out of that. So, yeah, you look for those little moments you can use to um, mm-hmm. take a put a little less gloss on your perfect character. I think Megan, did you you drew the scenes of uh, at the dance when Molly and Scratch are having their argument in the hallway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which is, by the way, one of my absolute favorite moments of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the capital W wow, <laughs> which is just so perfect. Um, but what I, I think what's so nice about that, it's it's Molly, and she's kind of right and kind mm-hmm. of wrong at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, in a way, is Scratch. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I think... So she is optimistic, and you know, to the question, uh, but she's she is flawed there. She's not entirely wrong, and she's not entirely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she and Scratch are both trying to find their way forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just sort of a real conflict. And you achieved that so beautifully <laughs> in the in the episode. Uh, but I think it that to me is sort of what helps keep Molly from just being a pure Pollyanna kind of mm-hmm. yeah. The other thing I'll add to it is is that, you know, find ways to test your optimistic character Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and really throw the world at them and let them get beat down by it and then bounce back eventually. Mm -hmm. Because that, that, you know, it's It's about resilience. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. Whatever doesn't kill your character is going to make them stronger. Mm -hmm. So. And sometimes, in Scratch's case, maybe what kills him will also maybe. Be yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> um, we were just talking earlier about um, your writer, Brendan. Brendan mm-hmm. Hong. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw he, asked... he had a special question on mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh, he asked on Twitter, who's your favorite writer and why is it me? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'll say... It is Brandon, and it's Sammy, and it's Madison, and it's Perry and Cynthia and and Paul and, and Paul. Peter. Oh my God! Don't leave Paul, Peter. Uh, uh, Gloria. Gloria. Yeah, they're all our favorite writer, and we we, we couldn't pick amongst them. They they've all done such brilliant work on the show. And we probably forgot somebody. But oh, also, yeah, I'll, I'll Mia, say, Mia, Mia. Oh my gosh, Mia. Everybody well, else we well, didn't well. list. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll say Brandon's my favorite writer because we... <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> Brandon's my favorite writer because yes. when we first met him, he said, hey guys, remember me from Nickelodeon? And I was like, no, I don't remember this guy. And this was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and it was a slightly awkward moment. And then we got it and we moved past it and we hired him for the show, blah, blah, blah. Then the pandemic moved forward slowly. Everybody got their shots. Everybody was safe. And we're like, you know what, writers? Let's get together in a park, have a slice of pizza together, and just meet each other for the first time in person. And as soon as Brandon walked up, I realized Brandon keeps his camera very low on his desk, and I thought he was six feet tall. That's why I didn't recognize him from Nickelodeon. Once I saw him in 
actual one is like, oh, you're that guy. I remember you now. <laughs> and funny. he's my height. I'm very short. <laughs> so that's why Brandon is my favorite writer, because he's short like me. And Bobby Whitney, Bob. <laughs> oh, Bobby Whitney. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that was such a bad idea to list them all because we're gonna do it together. Soldering pain. We're like an old lawnmower starting. Should just gone with Brand is my favorite because he's short. Been done with. Um, and I'll think I'll wrap it up with a question from Instagram. Um, uh, just because everyone listening. We are in, on Instagram now. Please <laughs> give us a little look-see on Instagram. Because we don't know what's happening with Twitter. Um, yeah. From really. our... Right? <laughs> I'm trying to move to Instagram. I, I find it befuddling. It's, TikTok, it, I can't eat it. No, but whatever, we'll get scary. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah my, my daughter t- keeps trying to get me to figure out, you know, TikTok. She's like, it's just like this. I'm like, no, this is... I cannot. It's chaos. This is chaos. I really I, 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 I love talking about social media, but <laughs> I will I will restrain myself. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right Instagram um, from um, at uh, Lavenderia underscore Dinero. Mm-hmm. How does the writing pro- uh, impact the animation process? Can you give examples of what not to do when writing for animation? I think it's kind of oh, interesting. Yes, you guys think about Everybody that. Everybody loves yeah. a crowd scene, right, Megan? You like, like, <laughs> like what if you have like thirty characters all talking and no walking crowds, around? No swarms of anything. Don't write swarms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> You can do it, do it sparingly. If you do it all the time, they're going to come after you. <laughs> I, I th- yeah, I think part of it is the the more you kind of know about the process and how it works, uh, and even the specificities of whatever version of an- animation you're using. So mm-hmm. CGI yeah. has a whole yeah. different set of tools, mm-hmm. things that can be very, very easy in CGI are hard and traditional 2d or harmony and vice versa uh, there's some things that just seem that and there's things be... about harmony that are you know not a problem in 2d big mm-hmm. problem in in harmony so it, it's just and again this is part of the learning you know why why i feel like hey, don't don't be too eager to run your first show straight out mm-hmm. of school like Take your time, learn the ropes, learn the limitations, because when you learn the limitations and you know them, you know where you can bend the rules and you know when occasionally you can break them mm-hmm. without killing your crew. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's ultimately mm-hmm. what you want to get to, is you don't want to leave a trail of broken bodies behind yes. you. Because... <laughs> ha- hashtag bubble crowd. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And there's, you know, there's, there's ways to do everything you just have to be smart about it you know i the thing i always go to is uh again i'm a big nerd i love james cameron's aliens and when you think of aliens you know it's right there in the title there's there's more than one of them and it feels like when you watch that movie there's thousands of them Mm -hmm. but you never see more than six on screen Uh, because he was very very clever they only had six costumes, and he was very, very clever at how he shot them. So you can imply through sound effects and clever staging and, and mm-hmm. blocking mm-hmm. that there's a there's an army over there, but be aware of how you're going to do it, because you've got six costumes. 
<laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's so cool. Like that's really that's really awesome to I think also something that I really was excited to hear about like from you guys and like your experience is that like it takes a really long time to get a show picked up to pitch mm -hmm. a million times and finally get something picked up to get all that experience because there's like there's a couple like uh like what's the word you know sometimes like the stars line up and you'll have like a, a very young prodigy but i feel like the norm in in animation mm -hmm. is more like you got to be around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Well, and, and you know, at one level, you know, you look at uh, Citizen Kane, and that was Orson Welles' first film, really. At what he was 23? 21. 20, what? Or, yeah. twenty three. Twenty one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So wow. You know, bonafide not bad. Bonafide genius, right? They do mm -hmm. exist. They do exist had trouble the rest of his life replicating that success mm -hmm. mm. um and and that level of filmmaking um and that is not to you know sort of talk smack about orson wells uh but <laughs> it's it's just more sort of to say that um why we're better than orson wells that's what i'm glad <laughs> you're going to get to no i i think i think part of it is <laughs> I think Steven Spielberg somewhat is the director he is because the movie Jaws was a train wreck at every turn making it. Mm. And he, um, what he thought was going to be his vision uh, of having a mechanical shark that, you know, performed as expected and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, would have been a very different film. And because it constantly was broken, um, he had to constantly problem solve and figure out a way around it. So he's turned to people he admired and people, you know, mm -hmm. things like he looked at Hitchcock films and, and other kinds of uh, storytelling that he had come to love and looked at how they solve some of those problems. And mm -hmm. I think that that, that resilience of getting through that hellacious uh, film shoot helped him kind of craft and uh, he learned a lot of lessons, so it helped him craft, I think, his style moving forward and, mm. and his ability to sort of approach his projects. So I think that, yes, like you say, there are some bona fide geniuses who come out of the gate. Um, if they could continue to being bona fide geniuses, that's even more rare. Uh, mm. And I think, generally speaking, there are just some really good storytellers and very good filmmakers who get better and better uh, with their craft the more they kind of do it and learn from their mistakes and work their way through uh, yeah. issues uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I had a, a film prof once say to me that uh, filmmaking is just problem solving mm -hmm. and I, I think that there's just a lot of truth in that mm -hmm. and yeah. um, you know that whole auteur theory I, I'm not it's a, also problem making <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's true mm -hmm. right uh, you paint yourself in a corner and then you're like okay how do we do this how, how are we gonna we get out of this one uh, yeah that's I so mean, true yeah so but i i anyway i that's why i really i think i just personally have a lot of um appreciation for the talented people we've worked with i i see kind of constantly growing and learning and improving and getting just better and better with each each mm. step um very happy that we've had a number of people on our show um, 
grow from like revisionist to you know artist and a board artist and uh, and even getting opportunities to direct or things like, you know that it's like that's that's pretty cool because people are learning and growing and mm-hmm. hopefully that means that you know when they when they get handed the reins uh, or rather when they've earned the place to get the reins um you know they're they're ready to go and that well they won't be just a one and done they will be um you know able to be creative showrunners for a long long time and like these are yeah these are these are great words of wisdom that are perfect to end this episode <laughs> no more to be added uh, <laughs> i'm still working on my ability to segue um this is gonna be my new running gag now it's just me just been like oh, it's the end um <laughs> <laughs> was, just give like a the... referee whistle and just like oh and there it is that's the end of the inning and so a gong that's right no a more gong. time out that's right Bill and Bob are taking the bench <laughs> and with Bill and Bob on the bench that is the end of this creative <laughs> this <laughs> was fun be... uh... thanks for being our guests and sharing your story thank you so much oh, thank you it was a it was good, so much. good time yeah, um, fun questions. Uh, and thanks to our listeners. Follow us on Twitter at CRTV Block, where we ask for drawing props and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor Clements for editing the podcast and Marco for helping us produce the show. Woo! Thanks, Marco. Yay! Thanks, thanks, Marco. Marco, our new producer. This is his second. Uh, their second shout out. Um, they're doing amazing. And right. oh if my you gosh. love our wait, show. Wait, we're the second one? Poor Marco. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, Marco. Sorry. <laughs> if you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. It helps us pay for things like Zoom and The Drive and our amazing little tiny crew who, without them, the show would not exist. Click the link in the description of this episode. I have been your host, V. And I was Megan. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye! 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 Thank you!